if someone else didn't have it, would I still want it? If that, I didn't see Jace's awesome Xbox, would I still want it? <laughs> I don't know. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this this is the Multiamory Podcast. So we want to take a quick moment to talk to you guys about Shakespeare. I don't think we've talked about Shakespeare on the podcast before, have we? I don't think we That's have. It's like uncovered territory. That's a shame. I really like Shakespeare. I mean, you know, he's kind of historically important, so I guess yeah, it would be a good thing to talk yeah. about. Actually, you know what? We have talked about Shakespeare. Hmm. We've talked about Shakespeare specifically in the way that it upholds a lot of these ideas that jealousy equals love. Right, and right. Stuff like that. And jealousy means you can kill somebody. Exactly. Yeah. And that it's okay because it's love, right? Good old Shakespeare. Well, speaking of, uh, we want to talk to you about a new play mm-hmm. called Fifty Shades of Shakespeare that's being put on by some friends of ours in Hollywood. Yeah, so we typically see Shakespeare produced through this very heteronormative straight white male meets straight white female lens. Or and straight white male meets straight white female being played by straight white male. Well, sure, historically, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but this show aims to widen that perspective. Yeah, so each night of the show, it features two women, two men, and there's nine scenes drawn from Shakespeare, Mm -hmm. that are about love, sex, you know, and everything in between, you know, stuff from Romeo and Juliet, um, Othello, everything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But here's the catch. At the top of each show, they randomly draw which actors will play which roles. So it's not always going to be male-female in those Mm -hmm. scenes or in those different roles. Um, And what's really cool about it is that because it's random, all of these actors know all the parts and can play all of them, which is also impressive and fun. So it's kind of nice, you know, taking these really traditional, famous literary scenes and kind of turning them on their head a little bit and seeing which different dynamics come out when you when you do switch the gender roles that yes. are in each scene. Um, but when this episode comes out, there's only four shows left, only four chances left for you to go see it. Um, and we've worked out a promo for you guys to get a discount if you use our promo code. So these shows are at the Three of Clubs, which is in Hollywood, uh, and the shows are on March or sorry May. 3rd and 4th of 2017, May 3rd and 4th at 10 p.m., May 7th at 8 p.m., and May 10th at 10 p.m. And if you want to get tickets, you can go to multiamory.com slash 50 shades. That's five zero shades, 50 shades, and click the link there to buy tickets. And if you use the promo code multiamory, the whole thing spelled out, uh, you get $7 off your ticket, which is basically half price. Mm-hmm. So... Pretty sweet. Uh, And it's at a bar, so you can drink, have Mm -hmm. fun, and watch silly, gender-swapped, non-heteronormative Shakespeare. Yeah, so go out, support local theater, and as a bonus, you may get your hands on a very special edition multi-amory condom that's going to be at the show? (laughs) Question mark? Uh, Yeah, at least some condom packaging with (laughs) some multi-amory branding on it. Yeah, Uh, we're really excited to support this show and hope that you guys do too. Great, so see you guys there, and now, on to the episode. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about the things that we want 
that we don't actually want. <laughs> Great. <laughs> we're digging into the things that we're socialized to want or perhaps peer pressured to think that we want that may not actually be based in our true desires in ourselves. So I believe that this episode was inspired by the best-selling blog post <laughs> by one... Jace Lindgren, the oh, male-bodied yes. human yes. of our group, the token male of multi-amory. He is a token male. Aptly titled, I want what I don't want. Is that yes, correct? Have you that is... have you read that one? Are you familiar with his work? Um, <laughs> I am quite I'm quite familiar with his work, uh-huh. actually, yeah. I was just watching the um the hit series Behind the Blog, uh, where they were kind of doing oh my an expose. God. Oh wow, yeah. wow, like kinda of like a behind the music style. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is exactly. that even around anymore? Behind the music? I, yeah. I have no idea. I don't know I don't either. either. What was that, that on MTV or the or the VH one? I thought it was on the first VH. Yeah. Oh, okay. The VH. <laughs> God, we are kooky today, guys. Yeah, we are. Um, and it's actually it's surprising we're so kooky because this can be a pretty heavy topic because hmm. I think Certainly. that the more academic title that I would love to title this, but I know that mm-hmm. the two of you won't let me title it, uh-huh. is um, Deconstructing Desire. Oh, come on. You can't deconstruct everything. Yes, you can. I love deconstructing. deconstructing jealousy, I, mean, I mean, you can. You just can't desire. title things. I know. That that's way. true. We already did the deconstructing one. Um, yeah. But I think that... <laughs> but it is, obvi- it is a good title. Yes. Though. Obviously, if you go to someone and talk about, let's talk about deconstructing your desires, that sounds a little... Like a snooze fest to me. No, I appreciate it. I mean, I just appreciate this topic at all simply because... We so often don't think about why we want things. We just are like, yeah, my desire is there, obviously. I'm going to go after it, or I'm going to be envious of someone else who has it. So I appreciate the fact that we consistently are asking people to think about what they want and why they want it. Because the starting point of so many conversations we have about relationships is like, well, are you getting what you want? Are you getting what you need? Like, what kind of relationship do you want? What kind of partner do you want? And it's kind of like this next step of like, well, why do you want want that? that? Yeah. You know, and before we dive into this, I want to reiterate for our listeners that this process is not necessarily a process of getting you to give up on the things that you want. Like, mm-hmm. we're not here trying to convince you that everything that you want is a lie and is bullshit and right. isn't real or isn't valid. Right. But there just is... Just a question. Yeah, it's just a question. Like, there yeah. can be so much value just in questioning, just mm-hmm. in kind of picking apart what is it that makes me tick, what is it that makes me want this. Right. And even if the conclusion of it is that you do really want that thing, it may still give you some insight into... The reasonings behind it. Yeah, and kind of like what are the most important parts of it and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which can actually help you to get the things that you want. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just, you know, becoming an ascetic and not having anything. <laughs> and having no desires. Yeah. Like not even desiring to have no desire. Exactly. Yeah. That's the whole Buddhist paradox. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what are we driven by? Yeah, so what what is the engine that tends to produce our wants. Right. Well, uh, we've got three I mean, outside, oh, sorry, outside of the base, like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Of, sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. Biological guess, wants. Right. Right. So this is, we've broken this down into three kind of major categories mm-hmm. that we've, you know, that we felt these fit into the best. Uh, so Emily, do you want to start us off with yeah. our first one? So the first one is going to be comparison to people's things or achievements. To other people's things. Correct. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that one's a, Bitch. Well, yeah, like, okay, so Jace has his really cool Xbox One, and right. I'm like, you know, Jace must be super wealthy or super well off because he has that Xbox One. <laughs> I want that thing. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. I mean, even just on the surface, even just looking at another person's life like that. Yeah. And you know, like I think it's pretty typical for someone to look at another person and go, "Man, you know what? Like they just seem to have it all together." Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's that yeah. thing of comparison that yeah. when you're looking at someone else, you're not seeing all the all the little nitty gritties yeah, <laughs> that you see for yeah, yourself. Yeah. But this can also lead us, like in Emily's example, mm-hmm. if you know she's like, "Man, Jace has an Xbox. I really want that." And the thing that we want to get to here is kind of the question of: Do you actually want an Xbox, <laughs> or do you just want one because I do? Or maybe you、yeah. want one a little bit, but there's actually a bunch of other things you'd like more than that, like a Nintendo Switch. Right. <laughs> actually, I have、example. one of those,、yeah. so whatever.、Yes. <laughs> so you're fulfilled and satisfied. Yes, I am. Yeah. Well, I think that. Obviously, it can be any number of things that we want, just because、mm-hmm. other people have them. You know, possessions. You know, it's very easy to just be like, yeah, possessions are money or、mm-hmm. particular clothes or things like、right. that. But to bring it into the realm of relationships and dating、mm-hmm. and sex, which is、yeah. our specialty,、um, uh-huh. I think this can come up a lot in multi-partner relationships, specifically in the arena of like, oh, like my partner is going on more dates than I am. Yeah. And I want that too. My partner has more partners than I do. I want that too.、Mm-hmm. My partner has more fulfilling relationships at this time that have、yeah. been longer term, or that they're getting a lot of fulfillment out of. I want that too. Yeah,、right. yeah. They've had more first dates, and I've、yeah. had more like long-standing dates, and I'm jealous、yeah. of their first dates,、mm-hmm. or or vice, vice versa. versa. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Something that I do want to clarify, though, before we go too much further, is that. Like with the example of the Xbox, it's、yeah. not to say that like, oh, if you really analyze it, you'll realize that like you don't actually want an Xbox at all. <laughs> sure, sure. That it's not about that so much, because、um, maybe you do want to be going on more dates or something like that. It's more about how badly do you want a thing, and how much happiness would that thing bring you?、Hmm. Whether it is more dates, or whether it's an Xbox, or whether it's more partners, or money, or possessions, or whatever. Yeah, because.、Um, It, it makes me think of something that I remember my mom telling me about. She was reading a book about like how to teach your kids to be better with money,、mm. and one of the、uh, she read that a little too late.、Um, <laughs> but、uh, <laughs> I know I was like, God, I need to read that book. Yeah,、right. no,、um, it actually was really helpful for me, even because I think I was in high school by the time she was reading、uh-huh. this and talking to me about it. But she was saying that one of the things in it was. Yeah,、uh, you know, if your kid is you're you at the store with your kid, and the kid's like, "Oh, I want this thing," that a lot of people will say to their kid, "Oh, we can't afford that.、Hmm. We can't afford that thing."、Um, and that's not always true. Like maybe、mm-hmm. you could afford that thing. So what this book, and it also gets this idea that if you could afford it, you would get it. Interesting. Is the idea yeah. of yeah. like, if I may. You were so focused on whether you could, you didn't stop to think about whether you should. Oh my god! What is that from? That's from Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. Oh yeah. You didn't. You you didn't give the right delivery. It should have been like you you you, you were so focused on like, whether or not on like th- that whether or not you could that you didn't stop to think about whether or not you should. <laughs> There, that was that, that was that was good. That was good. Thank you, Jeff. Pa- yes. Taking it and. Slapping it on lunch back and your lunch box. <laughs> Let me try cookie, that again. Cookie, you're cookie. taking it and you're slapping it on lunch box and you're selling it. You're selling it. You're selling、yes. it. You're selling okay, it. Sorry. Okay. Thank okay. you for the Goldblum break. Yes. What I was trying to get at though is that what this book suggested was instead saying, is sort of imparting to your kids the idea that we have a certain amount of money 
And we're going to choose not to spend it on that because we'd rather spend it on these on other things. Interesting. Like food. So what? Or well, rent or, you know. Well, so what's... But it's basically that difference between not ability to afford, but choice to but afford choice something. choice to afford. Like and priorities. I think, and I think that applies with a lot of stuff in our life, actually, not just money. Yeah. I think money just tends to be the one where we get the most kind of... Um, well, we get instant gratification from buying something. Well, yeah. sure. And also because our society is so yeah. averse to talking about money mm. in a very frank, mm. matter-of-fact way, yeah. that I think that's you know a good example of one that people don't even realize they might be you know, giving their kids, in- inadvertently giving their kids the lesson that if they could afford something, they should. Yeah. And you mm. see this a lot of times when kids get their first like job out of college or out of high school or whatever, and all of a sudden they have money mm-hmm. and they just waste it all yeah. because they can afford things because it's yeah. focused on ability. Sure. Interesting. And so now taking about this to relationships of like number of dates or number of partners, it's the same, or even possessions. You waste your money and time on <laughs> humans, <laughs> even if you don't really want to. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, kidding. I'm just giving an example. Right, but the idea is like, if if it's a question of whether you can, this this also happens. Like this was the argument that um, uh, uh, Tiger Woods gave about having an affair in his marriage. Because he, guys, because he could. Because That's he was a dorky, nerdy golf mm. kid growing up, and that once he was this superstar. I I remember I, this was so many years ago now, but there huh. was some interview where it was either someone kind of speculating on interpreting something that he'd said or something he'd said himself of just sort of like. I'd never had those opportunities or, you know, that he'd never had those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So now that he did have them, it was like, well, I can't say no to these things because yeah. I yeah. have the option to yeah. to be with people I never That's thought That's interesting because I, I feel like that comes up for a lot of people, mm-hmm. especially with sex, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because I, I, I have always felt that the day that you have the ability to say no to sex to notice sex with someone that you're attracted to, but who isn't right or like mm. the time's not right, or it's yeah. not going to be like a healthy or not a good choice, but having the ability to still say no to it, I think actually is a sign of great maturity. Yeah. Sure. And I that's feel. empowerment right there. Yeah. 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 But it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. For sure. And Especially I feel like if that's you were harder. someone who like didn't that's... think it was a, yeah. a thing you could get. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. And I think that brings us to the next one, actually, mm-hmm. because um, the next category of, I guess, the things that drive our desires is, I think, very much how we've been socialized. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of our wants have been so beaten into us by our culture sure. yeah. rather than actually being something that came from within us. Yeah. You could probably argue that the majority of our wants come from our context and our environment rather than... Sure. And what's truly within us. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think the the most obvious example of this is in the way we socialize different genders. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that we've talked about this on the podcast before, and, and Jace, you mentioned this in your blog post, but about wanting sex. Right. Yeah. You know, we often socialize people who are born female mm-hmm. that they shouldn't want sex or that they don't want sex or that yeah. they're not the people who want sex. And we socialize men, like right. little boys, into right. thinking that... No, you do want sex. Like, sex is what drives you, and you should well, go after it all the time. Yeah, and to mm-hmm. take it a step further, women are told that they're slutty if they do have sex, yeah. and so that sure. makes us maybe not, you know, subconsciously right. at least not want to have it because yeah. we view ourselves as slutty if we are. Yeah. And then on the flip right. side, men are told they should be having sex all the time, and they're mm-hmm. the conquerors, and they're the ones who, exactly. you know, are going to be these great people yes <laughs> well no and that's why i think specifically with men like whenever mm. i see men 
who are able to turn down sex. Sure.、Mm, if it's not going to be like good sex, or it's not going to be healthy, or it's not ethical, or or, or it's not something, actually something、yeah. that they somebody they actually want to sleep with. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. If they're still able to say no to that person, like that's actually sadly enough. Like I feel like that's actually an achievement. Like, I think that's actually a benchmark because、mm-hmm. I feel like I've known so many people, usually men, not always men, but usually men who just cannot say no if sex is on the table. Fascinating. You know, even、right. if it's like I don't, I'm not actually attracted to this. Person, or this is not a good situation to get into,、um, right. just because、this、they're told that they should be having sex all yeah, the time. Yeah, that, yeah, but men are told that. Like, well, I would say it's more like we were talking about before that they never thought they could get it,、hmm. and it was something、yeah. they were told you should want. So now that you can get it, right? Like you, you can, should just take it at every opportunity. Every opportunity. The, yeah. The, yeah, the only reason why you haven't been having sex before is because you couldn't. So now that you could, like you just do it, do it constantly. It. Again, with、yeah. the whole metaphor of not being able able to afford things. Versus choosing、yeah. to buy things, right? It's、mm-hmm. that same that same、yeah. mentality. Well, so for yes. Well, I was going to say on, on the flip side for women. Yeah, yeah. Well, for women, we're told that we want to have kids. Yeah, we're told we want、mm-hmm. commitment. We well, yeah, yeah, want commitment. And the implication in that is like, as in a committed husband, the young who's going to yeah take care of you and not fool around on you and、mm-hmm. be there to be the father of your children. Sure. And make、yeah. it home with you.、Um, right. I mean, I、like、was going to say yeah, specifically that women. Want kids, and、mm-hmm. that they should want kids, and that they're you know we're tied up basically, we're a good person or a good human being、mm-hmm. as a、mm-hmm. female human being if、a、you decide to、human. have kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's not just women, but men also. Sure, I mean,、true. there's、yeah. a lot of stuff. Are also kind of socialized、well. to think like, no, this is a good thing. Like passing on your name is a good thing. Like、yeah. this is something that you should do. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and we can apply this to so many things. I mean, I, I think that a lot of people who Do delve into the realm of non-traditional or alternative relationships are have already taken the first step of like questioning the things that are programmed、mm-hmm. into、Very、us as、true. far as our wants are because obviously we're so programmed into wanting monogamy, yeah, you、sure. know, oh, yeah.、Um, yeah. and wanting. A partner, a single partner who's going to devote themselves entirely to us and nobody else.、Yeah. You know,、mm-hmm. and that programming is so intense that that's why we spend so much time figuring out ways to get through jealousy and to、mm-hmm. deprogram jealousy to a certain extent. Right. Yeah. Yeah.、Um, and I think another example of this kind of thing is in wanting a home,、mm-hmm. specifically a house.、Mm-hmm. I, I actually think home is a little misleading because home is where the heart is. Well, but, but a house call, is where the them, mortgage but is. They call them, <laughs> but they call them homeowners. They don't call them house owners. That's true.、Hmm. Which that's well, because a home、it. is the thing. It's the structure in which a person lives. No, the house. No, is the house the is. The Sorry, home is that, what you make. It. They、know. call them. Oh yeah, you're right. But they do call them homeowners. Yeah, I know, right? Well, I don't <laughs> know. There's no anyway, reasoning behind that. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. What I was getting to though is that with wanting to own a home specifically, not not to rent, but to own, is、yeah. a very common thing that. Oh yeah. That I was raised to want. I、For、see、sure. this with a lot of my friends,、um, and it's an interesting one because there are some people who do get a lot of fulfillment and joy and happiness out of that. But I've seen personally a lot of people who it's mostly a source of stress. Oh、yeah. gosh, seriously? Oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's my a, mother. Damn. Sure.、Yeah. I mean, yeah. My my best friend is now in even more debt、yeah. after doing. Fixing up his home, like、yeah. redoing the foundation and stuff,、yeah. right? That it's like. I really feel like the more people I talk to about it, it feels、mm-hmm. like a fifty-fifty. Yeah, it feels like fifty percent of people are really like, no, love it, like love our home. It's been right, great. Love, love having it. it. Love, love the investment. You know, love the whole、yeah. process. And other people are like, 
why did we do this? Like, well, this it can be a, a money pit. Idea. Seriously. After a while, yeah. truly. I mean, unfortunately, in this day and age, I mean, we're finally climbing out of the giant bubble that burst in uh-huh. 2008, but it's not mm-hmm. really... It, it's, it's still not it's back not to a, full strength. Well, yeah, and you know, my mother put a ton of money into her home and mm-hmm. then barely got anything out of it. Mm-hmm. And she bought it right when the bubble was huge, and yeah. then it collapsed, and right. everything went to shit. So, well, and even if you're not doing that, yeah, um, like in the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, mm-hmm. one of his sort of axioms is that um, what what defines people who are middle class but can't get to that upper class in terms of income, like upper income, is that they acquire liabilities that they think are assets. Such and, as, yeah, like a home. his example is a home that you live in. Because mm, he's oh, really big yeah, on owning yeah. rental properties. Yeah. He's like, but a home that you live in, like, yes, maybe, maybe in certain situations you could argue that it's less of a liability than renting mm-hmm. in terms of you're getting a little more of your money back or something. He's like, but that whole idea that your home is your biggest investment, yeah, he so like really is like, that. that's completely false because yeah. you're living in it. So you're paying money yeah. to maintain it. So it's actually a thing that's taking that's, more money than yeah, it's giving it's you. Giving, yeah, Maybe really, it's really taking less than renting. You mm-hmm. could make that argument that really depends on other things, but just that it's not truly an investment. But if you have to spend $15,000 on redoing your roof, like, then there you go. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's years it's of a, rent. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Anyways. So the last one that mm-hmm. we feel drives our desires often is this idea of projecting happiness onto either someone or something or some time mm-hmm. or some event in the future. Yeah. And this is a concept that gets talked about, I think, a fair amount. This idea of kind of like postponing your happiness yeah. and mm-hmm. this idea of like, well, when I get this thing or when I am in a relationship with this person or when my relationship looks this way or when I'm dating this many partners or when I do buy that house or when I do move away or when I do take Mm -hmm. us a vacation, like then I'll be happy. Right. And often we aren't. Yeah. Because we're so sad, pathetic creatures. Yeah, we kind of... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm kidding. I'm just um, not feeling great right now. <laughs> Emily's not feeling great. So everything's Everything's awful. We're in a dark world of sadness and pain. Exactly. Well, but I think we can very easily get into that mental habit of that happiness is always over the horizon Mm -hmm. and it's always going to be over the horizon. Um, And again, we could go super extensive and broad with this, but just to look at this in the context of a relationships, it could be something like, like once this relationship is finally like emotionally committed, Mm. then I'll be happy. Once we're finally Mm -hmm. living together, once we're finally married, then I'll be happy. Um, yeah. Or if I could just have some casual sexual relationships, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Or if I could go well, back to monogamy, I'll be happy. Or once like I if, could finally start having group sex, then I'll be satisfied yes. or something. Or yeah. once we're fully polyamorous and open, then I'll be happy. Um, right. Or what? Right. You know, it could be anything. Like fill in the blank on on mm-hmm. any yeah. of it. But I think that's an interesting one of like whatever it is out in front of you. I think it's not bad to have something to look forward to and to have goals mm-hmm. and to have things that are keeping you moving forward but sometimes yeah. you can be sacrificing your happiness and fulfillment in the moment totally and for self peace yeah the carrot that's in front of you that's yeah. perpetually in front of you right and that's exactly the problem that it is perpetually in front of you uh, and this makes me think of um how in interviews oprah has talked about how the most um like depressing and unsatisfying time in her life was at the time when all of us would see as the height of her career. Like the height of the O magazine and Oprah network and like all of that. Yeah. Because it was that she was achieving, 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 achieving. Yeah. 
but but there's always that next thing to do, and she no, kind exactly. of reached this pinnacle of just like, what's the next thing I can do? Because her happiness was so based in trying to accomplish goals, yeah, um, and that that led to her really rethinking that and yeah. changing the way she looked at at her happiness and what mm-hmm. it is that made her happy. Yeah, now my mother and I were talking about this with the technology that we have. Apparently, like Facebook mm. does apps. Um, like Instagram, they'll they'll compile all of the likes and then give it to you at the same time, so that it looks like mm. you're getting a ton at once. Interesting. Um, and also, like on on my watch, for example, my iWatch, like every right. week, it tells me like, okay, you achieved your goal seven days this week, so for your up your yes, whatever. like so okay. up your goal. And then it's like, well, mm. I'm always upping it, so I'm always trying to find this unattainable thing eventually. Right. And just stupid shit like that. That's but. why I never liked Tetris. Te- yeah, you're right. There's no <laughs> end in sight. Yeah, games that have no end in sight. That's why I like Legend of Zelda. But you know what, though? Here's, here's the ironic thing, though, about Tetris, is I would actually argue, though, that the person who does find joy in Tetris is the one who is more okay more with the moment. they love yeah. the process. Right. They're more right. about the journey than the yeah. destination. Right. And yeah. that's there why is no destination in Tetris. There is no destination. You're right. I mean, you don't need a goal, like, <laughs> because that, that's the point, I guess, is that, like, sometimes your goals are not the thing right. that makes you happy. Right. And yeah. so, anyway, I, I really struggled with Tetris because of that, because that's I so wanted funny. a goal you to wanted finish. A goal. Yeah. But I do yeah. think there is something really interesting to letting go of that and, and being huh. in the moment yeah. and just enjoying that process. Uh, well, and it's not always easy, but... Let's take a moment Yes. to be in the moment. Mm. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. For a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on adammail.com and evestoys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be, you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. 
That's multi, M-U-L-T-I, at adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast, and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Okay, so this process of deconstructing one's desires, (laughs) I mean, I feel like over the course of my life, it's just been, I think for some people, it can be a very organic process of just as they get older, as they get more life experience, it starts to kind of chip away at like, well, I tried that and like, turns out, no, that actually wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I tried that and oh, actually I wasn't that happy. I tried this and oh, and it did make me happy. Okay. So that's a clue. You know, mm-hmm. that through our lives, we can have this very organic trial and error mm-hmm. period, essentially of figuring out what it is that we truly want. However, We do think that there can be some very powerful self-inquiry questions Mm -hmm. to pose to yourself that can help you start to kind of get into this process a little bit faster Mm -hmm. of figuring out, like, do I actually want this or is this just kind of because of my context or because of the people that are around me or, you know, any other reason? Or do I maybe want this in a slightly different way than I think Mm -hmm. I do right now? Mm -hmm. Um, so let's go through these. Yeah. So the first one is going to be if there's something that you want that is making you upset by not having it. That's, so that's like the cue, right? Yes, so like, exactly. Yeah. Let's question this. It's like, yeah. So, so there's something that I want and I'm upset about it because I don't have that thing. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. Like right. this is just like sure. something just to notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like notice it as a cue. Notice it as the seed. Yeah. Something that's. Twerking, 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 tweaking, tweaking, tweaking. I mean, that's a whole. That's a whole other episode. Uh Um, So, an easy example of this was last summer um, when Jason and I were in Osaka. I was in the middle of like total crunch time working on the book because my manuscript was due. I was Mm -hmm. in total crunch time studying for the JLPT test because it was the test was like two days after my manuscript was due. Like it was a crazy, crazy time. Um, And Jason and I met up, and we were going to work together. We were talking about, you know, what we've been up to recently, and mm-hmm. Jace mentioned that, like, the night before, he'd gone out, like, drinking, like, went out to a club and had met, like, a girl, and they had a mm-hmm. great time, and they mm-hmm. went back home together and, like, was talking about his night, and that this very much happened where, like, there was something that I thought that I wanted that was making me upset by not having it, that immediately I was like well, I want that. Like, I want to be having fun and, like, going out to clubs and, like, meeting random sexy strangers and, like, taking them back home with me. Like, (laughs) I want that, you know? And and so it was a weird mix of, like, envy and jealousy. Uh And, and yeah, so, like, there was that seed where I was, like, I was upset Mm -hmm. by not having that. And it's funny because it makes me laugh now because the thought of Dedeker going to a club (laughs) is... Okay, well, that's... We're getting ahead of the game here. We're getting ahead of the game. There's a difference that's between... A, that's a big difference. Dancing like a difference. Going to a club. There's very little actual dancing that happens at clubs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's continue on with the thought exercise here. Okay. Oh, are you going to like go step by step as we go through this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to tell us the whole process right No, 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 no. No, this is she's going to go step by step. I see. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. okay. How it. would you feel if you got this thing as number two? Yeah, so... <laughs> If I'm putting myself in that moment, you Uh know, when I, because I was thinking like, okay, well, actually, what is it that I want to feel, you know, in going out to a club and dancing Mm. with people Mm -hmm. and, and picking up someone and flirting with someone and having sex with someone new. Um, And 
let's see, if I was going to answer that question, it would be like, I wanted to feel desired and mm-hmm. wanted to feel like I was having fun and like I was relaxed and, mm-hmm. you know, that I was sexually fulfilled or adventurous. Like those uh-huh. are kind of the feelings that I was going for in wanting yeah. that thing also. Yeah. Well, okay. So I do want to clarify something here. We had originally written this as how would you feel if you got that thing? But you just said how you what wanted you to feel. You were answering the question of what do you want to feel? Mm. Like, what is it that you want to feel by getting that thing? Uh-huh. Because, but in reality, but both, there's a difference. Well, but both are important to ask. Yeah. yeah. Both are important to ask because, mm. you know, how do you want to feel is what you just described, right? Yeah. You wanted to feel desired. You wanted to have fun, mm-hmm. which you weren't having a lot of fun at that time yeah. in your life. <laughs> yeah. Right? You weren't having you were a lot of free time. You were doing a lot of work. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? But then the other flip side of that is how would you feel if you got that thing? In your case, it would be like, I feel claustrophobic at this club. <laughs> I think I feel unsatisfied by the music that's at this club. I, I would imagine, right? Like, Well, that's kind of twofold, right? Mm-hmm. Is that like... I want to feel those things. And I think that if I do that, I'm going to feel those things right. versus like in reality, if I did mm-hmm. that, how I might actually feel yeah. it's, I guess it's a subtle difference. Well, huh? cause, cause I would like to give my example for this is with, um, going on new dates. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Dedeker has recently, you know, in the past couple months or whatever, had a couple like new dates, like first date type things or, or haven't seen someone in a long time kind of yeah. dates. And, at first, I found myself being like, like, man, I'm jealous. Like, I wish I had more first dates. Maybe I could find those. Like, there are some people I'm interested in. Maybe I could pursue that. Uh, and it was, you know, making me feel uncomfortable, which was the first cue. And then I went on to step number two, which is that, you know, how would I feel? You know, how do I want to feel? Like, I want to feel desired. I want to feel like I'm exploring something new, all of that. But then when I asked the other question of how would I feel if I got this thing, Mm -hmm. when I actually thought about that, I was like, oh, man, I'm leaving in like three weeks. I would feel really stressed trying to schedule them in there. I would feel stressed about doing that while also seeing all the people I want to see before I start traveling, packing Mm -hmm. up my stuff. Like when I thought about it, I was like, actually, like, I don't think I would (laughs) feel great. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's important to ask both questions. Mm -hmm. Sure. Because in that case, it's like, yeah, the stuff I wanted to feel, it's like, yeah, I probably would have felt those things, but I also would have felt all this other stuff that you kind of tend to forget about. Yeah. 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 So, okay. The next one, Mm -hmm. if someone else didn't have it, would I still want it? If I didn't see Jace's awesome Xbox, would I still want it? (laughs) I don't know. I like that you brought it back to the Xbox. Well, definitely in my situation, then it was like, if Jace hadn't gone out and had a fun night, or if he hadn't even talked to me about it, Mm -hmm. or if he hadn't talked to me about it in detail, like, would I still want it? Probably not. Yeah. You know, I probably wouldn't have even had the thought of like, oh, I want to go out into a club and like hook up with someone random. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so it was just kind of like because it was presented to me yeah. that I wanted it. And I think this is the reason why social media can be so depressing for us Ugh, sometimes. Sure. Tell me about it. Is because it's like things we didn't even realize that we wanted until yeah. we saw it on somebody else's Facebook feed. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, some kind of achievement or some kind of status or some kind of possession that mm-hmm. we were totally fine when it was out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> Yep. And then once it's there, then we're like, fuck, I want that thing. Yeah. 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 No, I've definitely found that with the date thing like I was yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. But this is also one that has come up for me a lot with work. Uh, and I mentioned yeah. this in the blog in terms of I work in visual effects. And one of the things I really like about my job right now, freelancing, is that I have lots of free time because I'm not working 80 hours a week. Yeah. Or at the company I used to work for, we worked normal 40-hour weeks. 
but I'm not having to work these, you know, realistically like 60, 70 hour weeks that people who work on like Marvel movies and stuff yeah, have to yeah. do. Cheers. But when I see a friend post that they just got a job yeah. on some Marvel mm-hmm. movie, I'm always like, like, mm-hmm. oh, I wish I could do that. And then I have to take that step back and be like, wait a minute. I don't, though. Like, I've actually very consciously chosen not to have that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's a little bit like FOMO. You know, like yeah, the, fear the fear of missing, of missing out. out. Yeah, because you yeah. know someone else is doing this thing. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing, um, and I think this is the real kicker, mm-hmm. is asking yourself, could these desires or these feelings that I want to have be fulfilled by by something else? Yeah. By something else other than what it is that I think that I want? Mm-hmm. Like, are there any different avenues to feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in my own life, uh, the question of kids has come up, yeah. you know, and I, as mm-hmm. I've evaluated, like, why do I want this? What would I want to get out of this? What are the ways I would want to feel? And I found that, you know, the things that I do feel positively about are like, you know, being a part of a child's life and being able to help influence a child growing up mm-hmm. and being able to, you know, protect a child and kind of create a family. And I, I discovered that definitely through being an auntie very much. <laughs> sure. but, yeah. um, but then realizing, but I don't need to be a mom yeah. to actually fulfill that. Mm-hmm. Like I'm happy to be an auntie or someday if I have a partner who has children or wants to have children with another right. partner, like I don't mind being a part of that, mm-hmm. you know, that I could be fulfilled in that way. That's not like I have to, Right. Get a husband, get a child. Sire a child. I don't think women can sire children. No, you're right. The sire (laughs) in the horse realm is the male. Yeah. The The dude. Correct. The dude horse. The dude horse. Right. The dude horse. horse. The dude bro horse. The equine. The bro horse. That is the technically correct equine terminology. Ridiculous horse. The dude horse. Looks like a bro. Wait, what's a dude ranch? Well, that's where there's only male horses. No, no, is it a stud ranch? Idiot! No, is a dude ranch a thing, or am I confusing it with stud ranch? It is an actual thing. My mother will kill me that I don't know this offhand, but it's like dude ranch. Keep going, and I'll tell you in a moment. Okay, and that's where we end the episode: is talking about horses. Yes. Um, Right. So, with this question of are there different ways to feel that, I found I've had a similar thing with children of being like I like the idea of being part of shaping a child's way of thinking and, you know, being there and supporting a child growing up, but that realizing that for me, the stuff that's really fulfilling when I think about that is not necessarily having my own. And that you was a hard a teacher. thing. Yeah. A teacher. That was actually something I was thinking about doing for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but that there are other ways to get to that. And, it, and that was a hard one to let go of because of how strongly it had been socialized into me and yeah, how, how I much pressure how much my family kids. put on it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And that was a hard thing to t- kind of take the steps back and be like, why do I want this thing? And I realized it was more like I felt like I needed to check that box or maybe mm. that I thought that was the only way that I could get that experience um, of, you know, of raising a kid or, or being part of that. Um, but then in really thinking about it more and like looking into it more and seeing you know, other people with children and deciding what my priorities are in my life, deciding that that's actually not something that I want to have in my own life, but that I do really want to support someone else in doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's a partner or a friend or yeah. you know, a sibling or whatever. So I think in asking yourself these questions, um, don't be afraid to revisit this often yeah. with something mm-hmm. that you want. And it could be with small wants or big 
you know, life spanning mm-hmm. desires, you know, yeah. don't be afraid to constantly check back in. Like, do I still want this is, you know, what are my reasons for wanting this? Is this still going to make me satisfied? Um, or can I be satisfied in other ways? And what I'm hoping that people get out of this is the sense that like, if you go through all of these kind of inquiry, inquiry questions, and still find that you want that thing, like, mm-hmm. that's great. Like, right. that just has clarified right. for you more, no, I really do want this thing, and I can take steps towards that. Or it's helped expand your awareness and your possibilities, yeah. and maybe helped you find a little more flexibility in your life as Absolutely. far as what will fulfill you. Um, so what's a dude ranch? <laughs> um, it is a guest ranch, also known as a dude ranch. It's a type of ranch oriented towards visitors or tourism. So it's like a ranch. Mm-hmm. It's a, considered a Resort. form of agoratourism. Agro-tourism. Not agorum. Agro-tourism. It's like angry-tourism. <laughs> I'm just agro <laughs> all the time. Like uh, agricultural? or I, I'm assuming, yes. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that makes it's sense. It's also a studio album by the American pop punk, ba- pop punk band Blink-182. Oh. Huh, I didn't well, know that. But it makes me think of um, Hey Dude from Nickelodeon back in the day. What? I think you guys might have been too young. Hey but dude? for those of our listeners out there who are in their 30s, uh, you will remember Hey Dude, um, which was a show on Nickelodeon, but where all of the characters were people who worked at a dude ranch, and there were always guests coming in, and I never put that together. Wow. But that makes a lot of sense. Well, you you could have answered this question. I, I could have, but I didn't know that I could. So now that we've made everyone want to go to a dude ranch, you yeah. should evaluate you should whether evaluate or not you exactly really, really want it. You actually really want to I don't know your career being do. a dude on a dude ranch. Yes. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Well, thank you all so much. Um, we hope that you got something out of this. I know this has been an ongoing process for all of us and something that we still think about and, and mm-hmm. talk to each other about a lot. And hopefully this is something that can be helpful for you, too, in your relationships. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much. And we'll see you next week. And you can find us at multiamory.com. Uh-huh. You can find us on Twitter, at multiamory. You can find us on Instagram, at multiamory underscore podcast. Or you can email us. Our email address is info at multiamory.com. <laughs> Thank you all so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.